0: just fucking kick this puppy off what's up guys i'm danny phantom this is david
1: webb and today we have
2: kayla tuttle
3: joshua phelps what's up guys not too much had a nice busy day running errands felt like we should probably talk about stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah beautiful summer
0: day in worcester um hot sweaty day i didn't wear deodorant today i went to the mall and was sweating my balls off <laughs> very gross which yeah. mom uh, Solomon Palmolong. Oh, I haven't
2: been
0: there in so long. Yeah, dude. I went there looking for a Guitar Hero guitar. Oh cause yeah. Because I'm, I played it. I played it at the arcade. Fell in love with it again, and like it was one of my favorite games ever. My boy gave me a lead. He's like, Yo, they have Guitar Hero guitars at the Toy Vault in Solomon Palmol. I drive all the way down there. They didn't have any guitars. Oh. Uh, like a thinking. bitch. But. Um, I guess, like, the dude behind the counter's girl was there, and, like, she heard me asking about it, and she was. And then the dude who was working behind the counter got off in 10 minutes. He was like, Oh, I have one in my attic that we're not using. And I was like, Oh shit. She was like, Yo, let me take your contact info, and, like, we'll hit you up when he gets out. So, long story short, I met them at the post office down the street (laughs) and bought it off him, and now I have a guitar. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So, it was a good day. Good, sweaty
1: day. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah.
2: Hell yeah.
1: So I, I went swimming day. at Walden Pond. It was, it was nice. It was yeah,
2: nice. it's a nice swimming day.
1: Yeah. yeah, is Walden Pond in Worcester? No, uh, no. It, it's a uh, Concord. Concord. Yeah, it's uh, where uh, Henry David uh, Thoreau uh, wrote his book. Uh, oh and shit! Yeah, he had his cabin there. That was where he oh, you know, lived for a long while. Fire? Do they have a beach there? Uh, there's a few, but mostly like, it's what I love about it is you well you used to be able to go in from wherever and now they have fences up around most of it. But but there's gaps in the fences at a lot of different spots. Oh, nice. Dope. Yeah. So we essentially sat like opposite the main beach and there was no one else there. We just sat, ate lunch, uh, and uh, went for a swim. Nice. That's dope. Yeah. dope. Right. Nice. you guys just uh, came from having the dogs trained?
2: Yes we did. Yeah. The first time.
3: What was it nope. what was the class? Is it Stephanie's
2: Stephanie Duca, dog
3: training yeah. in Holden. She's a pro. She's got, like, 20 years experience or yeah. something like that. Oh, shit. She's
2: real
3: good. Some award-winning dogs for obedience and stuff. Oh, shit. And your, your guys did well? Yeah. Yeah, they, they... show up. Well, one's a great Pyrenees, so he always gets attention because he's massive. Yeah. And the other one's a beautiful mutt. I'm not sure what breed she is, a combination of, but just, like, she's got beautiful golden eyes and, then a, like, a nice coat, so she, like, really is, like... A kind of dog that'll just catch your attention anyway. So, she's a cutie. yeah, she's a cutie, <laughs> and uh, she—they were just—they just hit all the notes. Like, they weren't missing any beats, and like Thor was even taken out. It was like a little demonstration dog. Oh shit! Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, proud parenting <laughs> <networking laughs> moment. Yeah, <laughs> honestly though. A proud moment.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's our pooch. Yeah, that's yeah, what's up, man. Yeah. Good shit, man. Good shit. You said that's in Holden. Yeah. Word. Yeah. Word.
1: Nice. So, um, tell us about your food truck what what kind of food and how did
2: it why so right now i work on a food truck called say cheese actually we're out of holden oh okay yeah so they're in uh, brimfield for the market this whole week okay but i won't be able to join them cuz my fucking acl Yikes. but uh we also want to start a food truck with smoke meats called smoke
0: yes yeah, okay and
2: uh We've been doing a couple, like, pop-ups here and there with that. We do, uh, like, brisket sandwiches, pulled nice. pork sandwiches. And that's, like, really the dream, to have a food truck and be able to just, like, work for I mean, anywhere
1: that, anywhere that food truck is, people, like, that. that's one of those things that, I don't know, anywhere there's food trucks, I always kind of want the pulled pork one. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. that's a staple. Yeah.
2: And a lot of people just don't really do it as well as I'd like them to. <laughs> so, so I take pride in my smoked meats. It takes yeah. a long time to do that stuff. Yeah and, like, they taste good.
0: How fucking yeah. Yeah. No,
2: like, honestly. People, like, people love our meats, but it's hard for them to really understand. Like, that, like, it was, like, a 15-hour process for us to do that whole thing. Actually, more than that. Yeah. With the, like, the
1: prep, with yeah. the
2: seasoning the day before. It's, like, a two-day process for us. So
1: how does... So do, with, with food trucks, does that just make sense because you're doing more of it at a time? Like, you guys, you know, prepare for something always the day before?
2: Um, well, with the smoking, because of the way that we do it and because we're both working, we kind of just, like, we, like, prepare, and we start preparing a week before we go do our, like, uh, general, like, run of getting food and stuff, then we inject our meats, we uh, put a rub on it, then we smoke it, and we finish it sous vide so, like... I'm we sweating we, over it. Yeah, it's the <laughs> whole <laughs> process. So we gotta, like, just think ahead if I have like a lot of say cheese stuff I'm like okay so we gotta stay up all night Wednesday night to smoke (laughs) this stuff and then we'll sous vide it all day Thursday Friday we'll have it ready like it's it's definitely like not like the easiest idea to do for a food truck there's way easier shit that we can do yeah but it's
1: what you're passionate about but that's what I
2: want to do yeah like I love the smoke meats I don't care how long it takes
1: yeah that's awesome cool
0: no, that shit was fire. I remember you came, you guys came to the pop up, and everybody was talking about it. Like that shit was fire. That shit was top notch.
2: Yeah, I can't
1: wait till we do another one. Yeah, honestly, yeah. it's good stuff, man. Right? Yeah. So pop ups are pop ups are essentially like working out of or with a different. Uh, Restaurant or food truck or how does that
2: pop-ups usually we're just setting up a table and uh, or like we really want to get into like a whole like little tent setup before okay. we are mm-hmm. able to like really get the money to do full no that's a
1: fantastic uh, test run like, yeah yeah, mm-hmm. cool. yeah just you know a nice large banner and one of those good pop up ten by tens yeah perfect facts facts yeah that's awesome
2: that's the next step and then we'll start doing some more like outdoor things but then when we do like the indoor stuff get like a couple of these bad boys and I set up like a sandwich press and a fry later yeah. just go to town on it we do that like a lot perfect. of um, food fusion egg rolls too oh so yeah. like spinach and artichokes are the perfect oh. oh dude just wrap anything up in an egg roll wrapper and it's a perfect snack
1: yes. literally. Yeah, literally yeah. yeah fuck yeah more yeah. things need to be uh, like I, I was realizing the other day, like pita pockets for like salads yes. and whatnot, just because they it's just, it's, you know, one handed. You, you don't really have to worry about it. Yeah. And it's, you know, they're, same thing with those. I don't bundle anything off the top. hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spinning
1: shower joke. That sounds good. Yeah. yeah, that
0: shit sounds fire right now.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm on like a fruit and vegetable cleanse. I'm not yeah, having how's meat that going? or dairy. It's tough. Like, yeah. especially like, because i'm just like i'm always thinking about fucking pizza man like, yeah i, the, love meat I do, but
2: the dairy. dude it's I tough i love cheese
0: so much and yeah it's been really tough like literally like today i've probably had i had avocado toast for breakfast nice. and for lunch i had fucking guac and chips
4: and in between <laughs> i
0: had fucking like just fruits and like bullshit like rice rice uh rice cakes and peanut butter and shit like I'm just, like, dying for, like, some fucking chicken or pizza yeah. or, like, anything. But I'm staying strong with it. But, like, awesome. hearing you talk about egg rolls, I'm just <laughs> like, um, I would die for a fucking egg roll, dude. Imagine,
1: like, an egg roll lady
0: I right know. now. Oh my uh, God. Not to, you know,
1: temp- tempt or taunt to you, but, oh, my God.
0: Dude, and their platters are so fire because, like, you get the chicken, like, the, the, it's like a combo platter. You get, like, four egg rolls and then you get the chicken, uh, like and the is. Oh my god. Don't, I don't know what she does, man, man but she kills it. Chips? I don't eat yes. fish, but I've heard oh. it's amazing. It, it is. Really
3: it's some of the best fish and chips I've it, had. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, it's kind of wild. <laughs> <laughs> a little shack. Dude, yeah. and she kills it. <laughs> yeah. She's a fucking monster. But, but no, like, I wouldn't it
2: mind it. having a shack in it. No, right? Sick. Right? Out the
0: yeah, door. Out and here. she works like, what, three days a week? Four days a week? Something like that, yeah. Something like super low key.
1: Yeah, I think she's close. Like She's definitely close today.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. No, she's dope, man. She's awesome. And that freaking that cinnamon duck sauce or whatever it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's oh significantly better god. than everywhere else. And yeah. like, oh my god. I uh, I'm so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right <laughs> <laughs> now coming to you, I roll, Lady. Right, yeah. dude. Um, Sorry, like I I, I you're
1: the pulled Meat sounds amazing, but now we're thinking about you got the egg on egg rolls. But now egg rolls would be eat. perfect for uh, a food truck because, like, that's what everyone really wants is not like one big eighteen-dollar sub. They yeah. they're really looking for like you know five or six small, you know, delicious things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially at those festivals, if there's
2: like thirty trucks, you're not trying to just eat at one of them.
1: Yes. Yeah. You gotta get bring a couple people get yeah. conquer. Yeah. Um those would be perfect. They're like the uh there there was a dumpling truck at a few of the past uh Worcester um, yeah. places. And is that
2: Mozilla I don't think so.
1: No, it was It Yes, it was them. No, yes. That shit was good. That shit was Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um
1: and the other uh, benefit of that from what I was realizing is, you know, all their shit's frozen. Yep. So, in other words, you can prepare those rolls like the night before and take them out of the freezer and throw them in if people are. So, that's that perfect food truck stuff. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. It's a lot of prep, but like like you said, you just do a bunch one day. That's what I was having my little brother, I was teaching him how to yep. roll up. To, to, it, taught him how to roll blunts from that.
1: From the
0: rolls? He rolled
2: enough egg rolls that he was like, oh, I tried one day and I can finally roll backwards. <laughs> I'm like, yay! That's great. Taught him a skill.
1: Fuck yeah! Perfect. That's dope, man. Yeah. Life skills, man.
0: <laughs> Good shit. Man. It's awesome Good shit. Um. So tell me a little more about Say Cheese because I see you post them all the time. I've yeah. never been able to catch you guys like at an event or anything. Well,
2: you might now because we've got two food trucks. Oh awesome. shit! Yeah, two of the same exact ones. I think initially my boss just wanted to switch them out, but like we've been getting like she has to turn down people.
0: for events yeah
2: because like in the beginning of the year she'll get like the whole year booked out
0: oh wow wow yeah
2: and people will come up they'll get like a sandwich and they'll be like oh so i'm like having a birthday this weekend and she's like i'm booked until october i don't know (laughs) what to tell
0: you what you thought this was yeah
2: (laughs) and like because she's been in business for seven years now she's got like an awesome name for herself Mm -hmm. people like know and say she's coming like it's got a very finely tuned machine. We run very nice in there.
1: It's been delicious every single time I've got one.
2: Oh yeah, you've been there. That's I mean, awesome. only like
1: three or four, but but like it, not in the past few years. But I've gotten it before, and it was consistently great.
2: Yep, my boss has got it down to a science, so it's like. The same stuff on every time, it's always delicious. Like, we are one of the most consistent food trucks out of all I've eaten off of. Yeah,
1: so (laughs) what's it? What's the I don't know, you work behind the counter there? I just cook. Okay, okay, so you haven't dealt with the interesting customers.
2: No, (laughs) I like I have a wee bit of the social anxiety, so I don't like to talk because, like, if I have to talk, do math, and then turn around and make something, I'm fucking something up. For sure, there's like no way that's not happening. So, I'm like, I can cook everything, I'll butter, and then I'll make the sandwich, but I don't want to talk to That's much.
1: one of the great things about food trucks. They're the perfect, like, you know, two different types of neurodivergent environments. You got mm-hmm. the people person, you got the, the not-people person. It's like, I, I run a computer repair shop, so, you know, I have a technician in the back, and then the people person in the front. Yes. And it's necessary, that's how things can continue working. And it's <laughs> the same thing in a food truck.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and cool. restaurants, too, it's so like, that's why you have front of house and back of house. It's, like, we swear a lot in the back of the house. We're just going to cook your food and get it done. Like, but you don't necessarily want people seeing the cooks all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, swearing and, like, throwing shit at each other. <laughs> yep. Cursing out every customer that walks Literally, in. Literally, like,
0: oh, these fucking people, you man. Go,
2: Fuck you for coming in and paying my bills by, like, ordering food. <laughs> yeah. the angriest people ever cooks, but, like, yeah. we're, we're hard workers, man. We're Honestly,
0: workers. no, seriously. Like, kitchen staff at restaurants... I feel like don't get enough love, because y'all be fucking sweating your balls off back there. And then we the shut stove. down,
2: and then we clean and like, And then you like have to clean in the whole morning. thing. Yeah,
0: bro, that shit, yeah, I could never. Like, I love the idea of being a cook, being a chef, and, like, sitting at the grill and making all this delicious mm-hmm. food, but then, like, thinking about it and the atmosphere that surrounds it, and it's just like, holy shit, that's a lot of fucking work.
2: Oh, it's the atmosphere. It's really just the atmosphere. It's, And for whatever reason, it's the norm for... Like you'd be talked down to and talked to like you're a fucking piece of
1: shit. I mean, we have reality TV shows about it. I think everyone kind of expects this. Oh yeah,
2: Gordon Ramsay definitely headlined that shit. <laughs> yeah,
1: facts.
0: And I have He's to got to like sit four different going, shows about
2: it. Heard.
1: heard, got
0: you, yeah. got you, chef. Thanks, chef.
2: <laughs> you're right. Yeah, definitely heard you.
0: <laughs> I'll go fuck myself after this.
2: <laughs> yep. Okay. When I worked at Armsby Abbey, the yeah. the owner, when he would be back there expoing like everybody would get scared I'm like I don't care I'm gonna make the food the same way but if he didn't like something he'd go hey guess what you earned and I'm like what he's like the chance to make it again and he'd just give me back the plate
0: oh my god yeah that's but there was like a pillar thing, sometimes
2: we'd walk behind the pillar and go mm, and then walk back and you would be like perfect and we're like you're fucking tapped bro you're <laughs> tapped that's
0: <laughs> no.
1: crazy no I've heard that. Here's like,
2: a couple more garnishes, and
1: they're like, "Yeah, okay, that's
2: perfect." Go, oh, <laughs> it's the oh, same dude. dish. <laughs> yeah, like uh, I would say, like a lot of head chefs are the definition of psychopaths. <laughs> yeah. Like, I you
1: mean, think you think make it's one all about dish. control for them. Like, it's yeah.
0: Yes. Say, mm.
2: It's like a weird, yeah. weird power play. <laughs> I just want to make
1: food. Yeah, right.
0: But well,
2: that's why I like the food trucks. They, they it's all less think, they all think they're the best. Yes.
1: Yeah. Like, they all think... Well, food trucks know that what they... Like, they're 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 the mix between, you know, a restaurant and fast food. Like, you know, Exactly. It's, it doesn't have to be perfect. It has to be good. It doesn't have to look pretty. It has to taste fucking good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, be affordable. That's it. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. make it out on time. They get it
2: out fast, yeah. Like, right. that's another thing that I see with a lot of food trucks. They have a pretty good product, but, like, I'm watching the line, and I will just pick one person. I'm like girl with ponytails and she doesn't move for 40 minutes i'm like oh shit you guys i don't know what's going on but maybe you should cut the menu down or get a couple more people on it's not working out
1: yeah yeah a lot of businesses don't think about that they just try to do as much as they can um and they don't think about efficiency or you know does this actually make sense? Would I would I be better doing something different or not doing this? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, even if they still offered it, but raised all of their more, you know, time-consuming things by two bucks to make it worth it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Or at know.
2: least let them know. But I don't know. So a lot of things on food trucks, like, people people have the money to own a food truck, and they know that, like, they generate money, and they're like, I never worked in a kitchen, but Got it. I bought this thing, and I'm like, Okay, I'm like part of food truck training groups on uh, Facebook, and the questions people ask I'm like, well, maybe you should have done like maybe a Page worth of research
1: before you bought a food truck. Maybe you should have googled it before buying a yeah. before buying a trailer and going to your sign wrap guy.
2: So weird, so weird. But yeah, you're gonna make money for
1: sure. <laughs> I promise. Peanut butter and jellies all day. Yeah, just deep fry it. I don't know, love know. It's, it's the kind of thing you see. Like, it, it, I don't know if calling it the drug dealer mentality is right, but it's it's there's a lot of people who have more money than sense, but know that if they throw enough money at something, it will generate money. Yeah. And they yeah. see food trucks as that thing because they see it as people bring their cash to food trucks, but mm-hmm. no one thinks about how good of a f- how good you have to be as a food truck to actually be a you know stick around. Or
2: yep. a lot of people just don't even think about I need to know and trust enough people to run this and to run it if I'm gone and like I need to know that these people aren't gonna rob me blind. <laughs> it's like really easy to do on a food truck. We're, we're Most through, people my learn reputation. To cash. Yeah. yeah, straight yeah.
0: up. Yeah, yeah. you can just yeah. be
2: like, "Yeah, we were dead today."
0: Sorry. <laughs> but wait, but what happened to all the food? <laughs> we were hungry. Oh, I
2: dropped a thing of cheese and we were dead. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> tell you <laughs> I don't know
0: what to say. And
2: then something broke, we left early. <laughs> like, there's always some shit that goes on. Like, I've worked with so many shady people in restaurants, too. It's like, people think that... They can just like replace people i've heard so many jobs like you can be replaced like yeah you can replace me with a fucking weirdo that's not gonna do the right job so like who's <laughs> yep. gonna win in that scenario
0: yeah 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 no nah, man not it's tough it's a it's a not service not industry is <laughs> tough dude it's tough i was only a busboy when i did work in the service industry so like i kind of saw it but like i was also like people love me because i was like i was the help you yep. know what i'm saying like i would go to tables. You guys don't think you guys you know what i'm saying bringing all the dishes and shit grabbing whatever the fuck from the basement for the bartenders or yep. for the chefs like yo run to the walking. give me this give me that you know what i'm saying that was cool but like then you know you see everybody getting shit on and then when it's time to shit on then it's like coming your way and i'm like oh my god what is this i'm getting paid twelve dollars an hour like yeah. well, what the fuck am i doing Literally, here, it's like, like i'm soaked what? in trash like my shoes are torn to shit mm-hmm. like it was crazy dude crazy like it's it's nuts, but it is very fulfilling. I can say when you're in a good environment, or like a yes. good restaurant, like it sounds like say cheeses, where oh, it's like yeah. you're respected, you're like you're in a place where you, you're valued, mm-hmm. you're respected, and people come to you for you know quality shit, and you know you can provide it. Yeah, that's, that's always fun.
1: <laughs> that's the other thing. You know you can provide it. Like i i uh, one of the reasons I ended up starting my own business was I was working for someone who. Uh, wasn't being entirely honest with people, and the end result was I was covering up his messes. Uh, and I don't know. It's that's that's the shittiest part about being in small in a business. Sometimes is like you're you're being shitty to customers just because you're doing your fucking job.
2: Yeah. And
0: no one wants I like to that. do that.
2: No don't like
1: it.
0: No, no, nobody wants to be that guy. No. Yeah. No, no, no. But shit, man, it sounds
1: like I gotta see, say cheese when I'm done with this cleanse.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Shit sounds fire. Nice. So you guys are always sold out by the time I get there.
2: Really? <laughs> I mean, not
1: always, but, like, the past three times... I mean, I, keep in mind, I show up to events at, like, 3 or 4 p.m., so, like... Oh, yeah. yeah. But 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 it's, it's also being consistent. Not a bad thing. That's because you guys actually, like, you know, everyone goes to you. True.
2: And I would say the most things that we run out at are, like, the festivals, like... But everything else, we will make sure we're there to the last second. It was
1: downtown Worcester the past oh, yeah. three times I've been there, but I will... Next time I'm there, I will actually get you guys.
2: All right, all it's right. it's coming earlier
1: sometimes, but we'll make it happen.
2: I'll be back on there soon.
0: <laughs> yeah, once the, once the legs healed. Yeah. What's like? What's the hottest seller, would you say?
2: The pickleback. Ooh. Pickles, bacon, cheddar cheese.
1: Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that sounds about right.
2: But we it's do a, a lot one. of great specials. Yeah. Like, Smoke does specials with them. We'll do the brisket. We'll do the Carolina Gold pulled pork, which is oh my really, really God. good. Yeah. But then, like, she has uh, <laughs> right. loaded grilled cheese, so it's mashed potatoes, bacon, scallions, and then we give you a little thing of sour cream to dip it in. Oh, fuck. That shit right there is one of my favorites. Yes. I'm having
1: turkey burgers for dinner, and they are going to be woefully inadequate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they're going to have, like, bacon and avocado on them, and they're just going to be so disappointing after this conversation. Have mashed,
2: mashed right. potatoes on the side. Right, <laughs> <and> scallions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> fuck, that shit sounds fire, man. yeah. Hell yeah! It was real good. So you and I first met Tammany Hall, yeah. which is just I'm mentioning that because I feel like I don't know, not not about you and I first met part, but the Tammany fucking Hall,
2: just yeah, because yeah. that was a whole classic.
1: I don't know, like legendary. It, it yeah. was a chapter in so many people's mm-hmm. lives for something. Oh yeah, I
3: would hear stories all the time, and it it's part of Worcester history. Hell yeah. Yeah, and I got... I started working there at the very end of it. It was, mm. like, a new owner. He was trying to get it back on its feet, trying to get, like, more feet in the door, mm-hmm. and he was experimenting with new stuff, and I think I, you were going to, like, the Electric Tuesdays. Yeah, it was Electric, Electric Tuesdays. Oh, shit! Was, those were wild nights. Wow. That was, like, one of my first Worcester social circles other than, like, Quincy. Yeah. And, uh, I yeah, care. interesting. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I think I started working there, like a year after I moved out here, maybe just around a year after I moved out here, and uh, it was like, I'd been there before because I lived, I lived like a, less than a block away from it, so I would go, I, w- I started working the parking, charging $10 a, a pop for both the club next door, I think it was Club Red, it turned into something else, I yeah. remember. Pink
1: Envy something, uh, Fuck. I remember it, it changed yeah. after, it changed a bunch of times, yeah, it yeah. did, <laughs> yeah.
3: And uh, so I was doing the door Because I guess he owned the, the parking lot That was for both his Tammy Hall and the club mm-hmm. Yeah. So I got my first taste of like that environment And just in general That environment from the first time in my life Like yeah. working the, the parking So you get people coming in Before they go and get intoxicated <laughs> And then you get them coming back out At the end of the night and Yeah, That parking lot
1: was my first exposure to, to the, like, <laughs> Hardcore drugs I mean, yeah. Not Hardcore but like
3: harder than weed yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that lot was
3: nuts. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the the dude that I was uh, that kind of got me the gig, and he, he was my friend at the time. Uh, I found out what heroin actually does to somebody. Oh uh, shit! In the middle of one of the shifts, I got experience it firsthand, and had to like take over like the entire shift because he couldn't keep his pants up. Oh my god! Oh man, yeah. It, it, I'm only laughing because like yeah, it's yeah, the yeah, last yeah. thing you're expecting. Like I didn't know he was. I didn't know he was shooting up. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I'm across this, the parking lot from him, and his pants are on the ground. And I'm like, I go from like, What's going on, buddy? <laughs> are you okay? Yeah, like, uh, I'm not. You're all right earlier. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, he was like mumbling. Got him, got him back up into the apartment. But they uh, found out that he was like, there was some one of his friends that would meet him in the parking lot, and like, oh. he would get drugs from him, and then sell those drugs and. So like it was pretty immersive for like my first year outside of a very like protected environment. Yeah. Um so that was very eye opening. And I took it all on stride because like what else could I do? I mean it's, it's a <laughs> big city this happens. Yeah, so you knew the job. Oh man. <laughs> and and like first apartment in Worcester was on Pleasant Street right at the start of it. Like uh, so wait a second. Wh- what part of the start of it? Uh so Tammany Hall, I-, I can't remember the name of the of the street that's right up from it. But then it's like there's a little bodega, and then above the bodega is Oh, so this was,
1: was at Linden right. Street, one fifty-five uh, Pleasant. Yeah. yeah, you were yeah. I lived there as well. Nice. Wait a second. Did I've you live there when you were working at Tammany? Yeah. You might have lived downstairs. Oh my me. god. Wait a second. Did you live there s- when the place got sh- went? Did you have to leave because of a fi- of the place being fire damaged? No. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> it wasn't actually my I fault. L- I mean, it kind of. <laughs> 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 kind, it kind of. Oh, anyway, sorry, I keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I, I lived <laughs> in that building. I got bed
3: bugs there. What was it? I got bed bugs there. <laughs> That's what I was literally about to say. The reason I left was because of the bed bugs. First interaction with bed bugs. I'm like two days into the to renting this room from a guy, and I see these bugs crawling up the wall. Don't know what they are, so I ask my roommate and find all the bed bugs and then spend the next two or three months dealing with a heavy bed bug infestation yeah, no. yeah. in the dead of winter and so I would literally just open all the windows in the bedroom put on sweaters and pants and just sleep through the night and it was not the best sleep I got because <laughs> yeah I'm know, not sleeping with the windows open <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. The, uh, the cold also I had I read that it can kind of like keep them at bay Yeah. I don't know if it worked but long sleeves and the pants definitely helped too Yeah. Uh, but I would wake up with like bites around my ears and around my Fuck. face Dude it messes with your head. Yeah. (laughs) Like you think that it's in everything. Yeah. When I moved, I took everything into a blanket, carried it down to the laundromat, and went through four cycles in the heater on high heat. Wow. Just to make sure I I got them all. And then when (laughs) I moved into the the apartment that was, it wasn't in the same building, but it was like right next door. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, I'll be fine. Like there's a, a, you know, they're not connected. There's a cap, yeah. Yeah, no. Got bed no. a month into living oh. there. And they had just treated it, too. So I didn't have an option. Like, if I'm trying to survive <laughs> These places were the about. most affordable studios yeah, it in, is, in yeah. Worcester. I was paying $400 a month for one bedroom. What the fuck? I, I was paying 550 for a studio. Yes. <laughs> oh. Crazy. Um, dude. And uh, it was wild. That first apartment yeah. I got in Worcester. And, uh, it improves if, like, each time I would move, it would improve ever so slightly <laughs> until I actually got to start living with Kayla. And Word. Then it improves a lot better. <laughs> nice, oh, nice. But it's definitely eye-opening. Like, going from, and so I'm originally from the Westboro Baptist Church. I was born and raised there. Word. Very anti-gay church out to be in Kansas. And the first roommate I have in Worcester was a flamboyantly gay dude. Wow. Yeah, and... <laughs> Polarizing. Uh, yeah, very much so. And I, and at that point, like, I was, I kind of, like, made up my mind, like, I'm going to try to have a clean slate on every perspective that I have going forward. Yeah. Because I knew that that wasn't the right perspective where I was raised. Yeah. And it's hard to break out of that. Like, Hell yeah. Some people need years and years of therapy to break out of that kind of thing. But I kind of just went with with the flow of things and yeah. learned a lot of stuff really quickly. But mm-hmm. It, um, he showed me the, the apartment and at the very end it was going really well and I'm like oh like I was in a desperate situation like I had to move out in like a week or something wow yeah so I was like this is going so well and this is the first place I looked at in Worcester I was like I'm gonna have to just take it Yeah. and at the very end the dude's like so Phelps Phelps why do I recognize that name oh dude heart just left up into my throat I'm like, well, you either know it because of Michael Phelps yeah. or the anti-gay pastor. Uh, and he's like, oh, no, no, it's somebody I know. And <laughs> the, the most relieving moment I think I'd have had up to that point, even just, like, leaving. Yeah. Because, like, just the stress of the situation was pretty bonkers. But, I can't imagine, dude. Yeah. Um, but, grow, like, it's... The way I kind of like to describe it, because it was such a cloistered kind of growing up environment. Yeah. You kind of are going from childhood where you don't know how the real world works yeah. to the real world. With a completely flueless idea of how things properly work. And because of how that, that church works, as soon as you leave you're cut off. You can't have really any contact with your family unless you wanna go back and you're repentant and you are wow. gonna do the exact same things you were doing before you left, which was protesting every day, going to church every Sunday, having Bible study multiple times a week, and having a very controlled life. Wow. Um so going from there to living in Worcester was <laughs> very different. Um go even, your yeah, in, in, <laughs> even even in Worcester, like I think when I first moved out to the Massachusetts uh, it was Northbridge I was originally living in, okay. which is yep. Um and it is very like low-key. There's nothing mm-hmm. too too much going on, um, and then I immediately went to Worcester from there. I think I was there for like three months with Worcester, started working, uh, got a couple of temp jobs, and then I started working at Tammany, and so I was working at Tammany for three years before they had to shut down, Wow! but I was their full-time door guy, so... They would have all types of music come, but primarily was you know dead hit kind of music. Yep. The Electric Tuesdays, and they would have one so once a day on the, on a weekend, mm-hmm. well, it was Saturday Sunday, they would either have heavy metal or rap. Yep. So it was this huge like variance of of, of music, but also people. People, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Because each one of them are so varied, like even. The only one that wasn't as varied as I thought it would be with the, was the Electric Tuesday people. I was yeah. seeing people from like all yeah all like the prior genres. events yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 showing up for that, which was really cool because yeah. at that point I had no idea like what dubstep was. Yeah, <laughs> I, at nice. first I did not <laughs> enjoy nice. it at all. <laughs> <laughs> what is this noise? <laughs> yeah, noise, literally. Um, then I got got used to it. and I actually yeah. enjoyed it, and like I knew the different genres in yeah. dubstep, and it was pretty cool. But uh, actually. Got to know some people there that i ended up extending the friendship with beyond that which was really cool so yeah like i think the first time i met kayla was actually at Tammany hall oh, yeah. dope uh yeah so it, but
1: yeah there's a lot of people who the first time i met them was there and, yeah you know we might not have become friends there but we met there yeah yeah
3: yeah
0: yeah it brought people together man i did a couple of rap shows there i'd attended a couple of rap shows and electric tuesdays
3: nice
0: like yeah, dude. Electric Tuesdays brought people together. Like yes, those people from high school, people from like my brother's grade, and then like the yeah, it DJs. Was up, so, like, yeah, so it everybody's there. The doors. Yeah, yeah, and that was like that. the first uh, in my experience. That was like the first like gathering event where it's just like, yo, we're just gonna come party. Yes. You can drink. You can smoke weed outside. You can fucking we're all going to be there
2: having Everybody's a good time Everybody's rolling yeah yeah <laughs> mad people are <laughs> please drink water they yeah. put those big giggle no, yeah. things on please drink water no seriously
0: and that's one thing i appreciate was that people yeah. were yeah. at least like compassionate enough to be like yo guys like we can all have fun yeah but uh-huh. like let's be responsible too you know that
1: Absolutely. was cool that was cool I didn't really realize how much drugs were going on there until like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, way too many. T- I'd gone like four or five times, and I was like, "Wait a second! It's like, Wait a minute! Is everybody on drugs?" <laughs> I, I just well, no. I thought everyone was just really uh, drunk. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> and yet, identified the different kinds of wasted. Yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, then in retrospect, I'm like, "Oh, oh, oh!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. It's definitely
0: one of those moments. <laughs> yeah, for sure.
4: Uh,
0: um, so, t- what's, like, your, cra- besides your, your co-worker with his pants down, what's, like,
3: your craziest Tammany Hall story? <sighs> Shit. There's quite a few, dude. <laughs> I know, uh, I bet, I bet. There was this one dude called The Russian. Oh, um, I'm I'm s- uh, it, i I sold you.
1: him a laptop, but, yeah. <laughs> you nice.
3: And I guess, like, at one point, like was not allowed into Tammy Hall. I'm not so surprised. I believe it. Every time he would come by, he would do one of two things. He would spit on the window or punch the window. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And, like, <laughs> fucking my, Russian. The, the owner of the bar is like, do something about this. Yeah. Like, and I'm sitting there like, okay, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Yeah, like, what do you want from beat me, Beat the shit out of this dude? <laughs> like, he's drunk. Like, I'm not... But, like, one time, I think I had, like, it was, like, the last straw for me because like, yeah. you're just every time you come out you're just spit on this window yeah yeah
0: yeah
3: whatever so I ended up like grabbing by the scrub of his neck yeah and like more or less carrying him across the street and being like yo when you come over here cross the street (laughs) because I'm not dealing with you anymore yeah so that was one of the wildest experiences Um, but other than that like people that would come to Tampa were pretty low key were yeah it was pretty cool like yeah yeah like the fact that it had to deal with like throwing people out Every single night, yeah, it's pretty dope. And the people that I usually w- were being thrown out were who got way too drunk. Yes. And at that point, it's like, okay, well, whose fault is it? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then like, so I'm left at this like crossroads where it's like, okay, should I be calling a, a you know a taxi for this person instead of just letting them off to their own devices out out the door? Yeah. Because uh, a lot of people should not have been yeah. let
0: out of that door. One thousand percent. Yeah. 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 But, yeah, yeah.
3: Um, that was an interesting experience too like how drunk someone could get yeah in a, a short amount of levels, time is, yeah. they, how
1: drunk they let themselves get yeah. sometimes yeah, mm-hmm. it, yeah. Is,
3: is, it literally is the epitome of a slippery slope Then yep. you can see all the sides of the alcoholism too like yeah. anger happy so, just often like in the same night literally, yeah literally <laughs> uh,
2: and you had never seen drunk people until no. you had left no. right Yeah. No. and you were like oh, wow. 24 right yeah so 24 never drank Never seen people drunk comes up to Western Worcester
1: Cincinnati. Wow. I mean, honestly, that probably worked out really well,
3: like negative reinforcement wise Yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Combination of how I how I felt when I was drunk, like really drunk the first time, that was like, okay, well, I'm, I don't think I'm gonna go that hard anymore. And then I was constantly seeing that reinforcement of like, okay, this is how I this is how I'm possibly being while I'm drunk. Yeah, so yeah. I'm gonna tone it down even more. Cause I don't, I don't know how I am when I'm drunk. It's like, oh, yeah. what other people tell, tell me. me, basically. Facts. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I uh, I blacked out once. Uh, someone uh, poured too many shots of Fireball into a. Uh, uh, what's it called? Did, uh, Angry, Angry Orchard and Fireball, uh, Angry um. Ball or, or Burning Orchard, whatever. Um, <laughs> but, um but, but, uh, someone poured, like, it was, like, seven shots of Fireball. Oh. Uh, and oh I, I, don't remember most of the night, um, but I, I, apparently got slapped hard enough for it to leave an imprint on my face. Jesus um, <laughs> And I, I owed a few of my friends an apology, uh, but like i don't actually fucking remember most of the night and that's terrifying. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a spooky situation to be. Like, in. yeah. That's like, why like, i
2: don't drink anymore. I would like had an issue with it. I would I, when i drank and got drunk it was like either i wanted to fight you, i loved you. There's no in between. We're yeah. not boys, we're just like <laughs> i'm going to fuck you up or i'm going to like kiss you. That's it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, i know it brings out the extremes and uh yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, not good for me. No. No more for me.
1: No, thank you. <laughs> yeah geez. i always kind of figured that like you know alcohol never really brought out the best in anyone like if i was ever you know nah. in all of my deliver community concepts uh no alcohol or in no regular alcohol uh would be a a concept i'd want everyone to be on board with it's yeah. just one of those like i think that generally would make the a, a community a better place mm-hmm.
3: yeah 100 percent agree yeah,
0: yeah dude. that's one thing i love about the weed events is that that's like a lot of times no alcohol no alcohol permitted if you show up smelling like alcohol you're not getting in like it's like we don't want that environment here you know what i mean Mm because it brings angry yeah Yeah. man or entitled or like fucking over boisterous or like it's like dude like i feel like it brings out a lot of ego too you know what i mean Absolutely. and it's like like i noticed it from a from a young age because i mean being born and raised here in Worcester, like, we started drinking at... I was drinking at, like, 14, 15. You know what I'm saying? Now, we had, I went to Doherty with Kayla, and, like, we had a little outdoor area at at um, lunch. I'll and so, in. yeah, so, like, I was, I was sneaking into my parents' liquor cabinet, pouring mm-hmm. bottles... Like, pouring out their bottles, mixing liquors, like, just making this gross oh, yeah. concoction. And then
2: just filling it with water. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I used to love Oh, game. my
0: God. And then bringing it to lunch and just getting <laughs> trashed. Oh, my God. Getting trashed outside. And, um, yeah, man, like, so from a young age, I guess is what I'm trying to say, is, like, I was able to see, like, just the detriment of it. And, you know, I have a few family members that suffer from alcoholism, died from alcoholism. And, like, was able to see, like... Wow, like, there's so many people that are fucking assholes when they're drunk, or like, talk way too much when they're drunk, or like, get way too handsy, yep. and uh, like, bro, like, your breath stinks, and that like, <laughs> it came to a point where it was like, I hated the smell of alcohol, and I'm like, bro, like, all I smell right now is beer, and you're just breathing heavily in my mm-hmm. face. Telling me this story That I don't give a fuck about Like
1: (laughs) Yeah It's like You want to tell me this You don't want You don't think I actually care about it Exactly You're just going to
0: Keep letting it out If I let you And I'm like I'm over it (laughs) I'm so over it So I was kind of blessed You know That I was introduced so early That I'm able to Just take a complete step back And now like I'll drink when I want to have fun Or like I'm on vacation Yeah Yeah, Let's fucking have a couple beers And sit by the fire You know But um, Yeah man Alcohol is one of those Tricky devils That's like it'll get you you know like it's just ugh no thanks no thanks it has
1: a quickly
0: yes it does yeah dude no yeah and it's expensive you know what I yeah. mean it's oh, an expensive yeah, yeah, fucking habit very much so. once you build a tolerance then it's like dude you're drinking like my brother would, would kill like Half a thirty rack in a night and like barely be drunk and yeah, I'm that was like
2: me
0: my first apartment. Yeah, dude. It's like what? Are, what are we actually doing here, guys? Cause that shit was like twenty something dollars. And then every day
2: I'm like, why do I feel sick all the time? <laughs> why do I have stomach aches and heartburn? Like
0: yeah, duh. Yeah. It's like your gut is on fire.
2: <laughs> your Body's begging for water, please. Just That's
0: all do it something needs. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Fuck.
2: Yeah. Like I've been sober for two years now and like going to, like, weddings, and, like, I've been to the oh, bar, too, so and not drink,
0: pressure. Yeah, it's
2: fine, actually, I don't mind the pressure, it's so much fun people watching,
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah, watching
2: the levels of it, like, when I went to my friend's wedding, it was, like, the first time I was part of a wedding party, so we got there, and we were, like, in the same room all day, getting ready, and just watching these girls, I'm like, we've been in the same room all day, you're fucking wasted. The wedding hasn't started yet. Oh my god. Like this is gonna be crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's how I used to be. Like everything that could be drank at would be like,
0: Yeah, let's get fucked up. Yeah, no, yeah. I feel like, and I feel like a lot of us were there. And you know, it's it's part of I I feel like it was a lot in movies too, you know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? Where like it was like get fucked up culture and like college was always amplified like get drunk, get drunk, you know. Yeah, what I'm that's saying? where the
1: parties are. Yeah,
0: you know what I mean? And I feel like like Will Ferrell movies, Adam Stan—not Adam Stanley movies, really, but like Will Ferrell movies and like those. Um, if you're using those for inspiration, what you should do—that's on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like, but th- what's the other one? Um, the that it's like college. It's like specifically college. It's um. Apple uh, couple, t- uh, Is
2: it uh the American uh, pie. American
0: pie. American pie. American pie yeah. And um. National Lampoon. Lampoon. Yes, that one. And movies like that where it's like they they glorify, kind of up, yeah, they glorify, it glorify, and it's like. Yeah. you know it gets to a point where it's like oh well, shit i kind of want to get fucked up with my friends yeah and you know you do Isn't it a couple what times we do with our friends right yeah 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 <laughs> and then it gets to a point where it's like dude where's all my money i'm fucking like 17 i'm four why am yeah. i doing this what's <laughs> going on <laughs> you know yeah man but no i'm taking a step back it definitely shows you like it just shows you what it does like i can only imagine sitting in that room and like like, you, you're you watching these people get fucked up, knowing there's a there's a whole, like, procession that needs to happen. Like, yeah. a whole wedding.
1: Like, that's not...
0: I just something. kept
2: looking at my phone, like... <laughs> we got there's... two
1: hours,
0: guys. Yeah, there's
2: a couple
1: hours. Oh, like, maybe God. you should switch to water or coffee for the next two. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, no,
2: this is fun. <laughs> I was having a great time. Watching that,
1: but <laughs>
0: yeah, dude, that's nuts, man. That's nuts.
1: So, um... Danny uh, mentioned to me the Westboro Baptist Church background, yeah. and before realizing I'd originally known you, I, uh, I it actually I, I assumed that this was more recent, like someone joined as an adult and then left. Yeah. And wasn't entirely sure where to start the conversation on that. Sure. Uh, you know, since but this may this obviously is an entirely different situation. But I, I guess the obvious large question here is: Can you tell us a little bit more about how slash what got you out?
3: Oh. Um. Mm. That's a long story, but I'll try to read Is it. there hey, is, um, is there a
1: few highlights or yeah, is there so, so an important
3: part of being a member of the church is that you have to be baptized because it was it was a Baptist church and uh, how their releases system worked was you feel called to baptism. It's not something where you can just be like okay, like you know with with the Catholic church like children are baptized as infants. And there's a whole process involved with that. Yep. And my family more felt, and I think Martin Luther was on the same page, too. It's like, you need to know what you're getting yourself into. Mm. And it's not, this is a very serious commitment. So, as you got older, there was this, like, pressure put on you to join the church, to be baptized, become a member. And I didn't feel this calling, ever. Yeah. <laughs> but you were still expected to if you're going to remain there, you were still expected to be baptized, you're still expected to be called. So probably the first moment where I realized, oh, I don't, this is not somewhere I belong, yeah. was through that process. Uh, leading up to it, I was getting pressure from my mom, I was getting pressure from my, my elders, my peers, and it got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm, I'm about to turn 18, and if I don't, if I don't commit to this by, ne- by then, this is gonna be a lot more difficult. Um, A yeah. lot more difficult to commit, mm. like, any level of sincerity to. So, leading up to that, I finally am like, all right, well, like, how hard could this be? Like, what if I just am like, all right, I'm ready. Let's go through the whole process. The, whole, the process involves meeting with every elder member of the church. And there's, like, up to 20. Having dinner with them, talking with them for hours. Sometimes late into the evening, about where your heart is on the matter. Wow! And so I'm literally sitting there, and I am like, there's a certain point I'm like, I don't know what else I can say. Like I'm literally like ex- exhausted. My <laughs> vocabulary on the matter, and I never had this like commitment that I felt like everyone else had. Yeah. And like knowing now, like I wasn't alone in that. Like. Yep. I was. I wasn't the only one that probably didn't feel the same level of commitment. Yeah. Um. But I'm going into college, and I've just been baptized. And actually, I do want to go down and tell that story because it's one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. At this point, my grandfather's approaching 72, I think. And um, he is a very, he's turning into a very frail man. Mm-hmm. And part of baptizing someone in the Baptist church is you will put a towel over their, their nose and their mouth, and then you lower what? them into the water. So and then waterboard them more or less, yeah. but they know what they're getting. They know, like, okay, I'm gonna hold my yeah, breath.
1: It's still cold water, Yeah, the yeah, train. yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're you're dipping them in water, and you're supposed to pull them back out. He's pulling me back out, and is like struggling to lift me out. And like, I'm I'm a big dude. Yeah. And at that point, like, I had just stopped working at uh, Dairy Queen, and I had put on some pounds. <laughs> <laughs> so this old man is lifting a 250 plus teenager out of the water and straight up struggling. So I plant my feet and help them the rest of the way. And it was the most awkward like <laughs> leaving because we were doing the pool. It was the most awkward leaving of that pool I've ever experienced. And I swam in that pool my entire life. Yeah. So like you're surrounded. Every every member of the church surrounds the pool and is watching this ceremony. Yeah. Because it is supposed to be the most important thing you do in yeah. your life. Yeah. And almost, almost break my grandfather in the process. So anyway, going to college and through that entire process, I'm still questioning, like, okay, like, I can't keep putting this facade on. Like, I need, I need to commit to it more so I know what I'm talking about. So if one of my peers or elders puts me on the spot with a question about, you know, the message... And we needed to know what we were talking about so that when we held picket signs that said, thank God for dead soldiers, thank God for AIDS, you know, God hates America. We need to make sure that when someone asks why we believe that, we answer them like that. Mm. And if you couldn't do that, you were called out. You were spoken to by multiple people so that you either A, knew what you were talking about going forward, or if this was a bigger issue, it could be addressed right then and there. Yeah and not go on any further. Or if it needed to go on further, certain measures were taken. Um so it gets to a certain point where I'm like, I can't keep doing this. It's just too much. Like I don't I can't get up every day at five thirty in the morning and read and pray with my family because this is not the same thing for me. Yeah. This is just a task. This is yeah. it. like this is something that is edifying this isn't something that is just like rejuvenating my soul which seemingly it was for them yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah. so I'm going through college and it was a uh, it was just a local college Washburn University and I'm I'm not going there like the entire day I split up my classes so I'd be there like a couple hours every day or so so it wasn't like I was living there I wasn't experiencing a college life it was just going to classes and going home we're going to classes and going to a picket so at a certain point, I was I took a summer class, and I failed that summer class because I was busy going to protests. Because in the summer, your whole summer was committed to projects for the church. But wow. it was like renovating somebody's house, doing yard work, mowing, just all manner of things. And then we would be protesting three times a day. Jeez. Yeah. Holy crap. One in the morning, one at noon, one in the evening. And it would be half an hour to an hour long protests and then we would go do our or those other things and then I was also working part time at my dad's law office so like the combination of that I should not have taken a summer class yeah so I fail it and my first reaction because I know that like shit's just gonna hit the fan in a magnitude I'm not mentally prepared for yeah I start making plans to leave I'm calling people I think I can get an apartment with I'm I'm figuring out how much finance I have that I can actually commit to doing this yeah and then one night after I made the arrangements I start bringing stuff down the stairs to go out the door to leave and my parents hear me and they basically like talk me out of it they're like you have six hundred dollars to your name how are you going to survive on your own yeah and I was like oh that's a good point and I really didn't put a lot of thought on this it was just a gut reaction to avoid what's coming yeah and what came, and what I was expecting to come did come, and I had to deal with that, but at the same time I also dealt with how people react to people leaving the church, and at that point, not a lot of people were leaving, so my interaction up to that point was very limited in terms of uh, just volume, and each one is so unique, like you're either kicked out or you leave on your own and the majority of the people up to that point were kicked out and I was the one that was driving the truck that would take all their stuff from their bedrooms to where they were living after that. And the whole thing had to be a, you know, here's your products, give me your money, and then we're done. Single transaction, never gonna see you or hear from you again from that point forward. So going into this, I'm like, all hey, right, this is what I'm committing to, like, I'm cutting all these people off. And then all of a sudden I'm seeing like, oh, like this actually has Found impact on some of them, yeah, and it did. And I ended up sticking it out for another two years to the point where, like, I had just finished college, and at that point, I knew like way more was going to be expected of me. Yeah, like way more of my time, way more of my money, and I started making the the concrete plans to leave, and a week before I was supposed to walk out the door, get on the plane and fly out to Providence to live in Northbridge, Massachusetts, my sister catches me in the act more or less. Like I was looking for jobs in a, a car out, out in this area so I could like subsist. Yeah. And um, I left those tabs open and oh man, dude. No. Like <laughs> Get a call and like I have to pull over and sit there and deliberate because i like, how do I tell them? No, actually, just, just, all that you found, that's for someone else. That's for my friend that lives out in Massachusetts. And this is what I went with. Yeah. I committed to that. And so for that week, they put me on one of the most strict, like, lifestyle changes I've ever been in. I had to wake up every morning at 5 and either swim a mile or run two miles. Then they wow. were having me count my calories for every single meal, which, like, in, in like a normal situation, that'd be awesome. Like you, <laughs> you keep track of your calories, you're getting your exercise, yeah. but when it's in a situation where you literally have- I would be
1: able to no, a lot of money for this. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
3: When you have no other option. Yeah. Because my other option was to use up the money I've been saving up to live on my own, to now go pay for a hotel, to, to basically like rent a car for a week because I'd have to leave my car that I was using there. Yeah. So all of those things were like non-starters. Yeah. So I committed to that. I was up every day. I had to leave my laptop downstairs, so I couldn't like, you know, talk to whoever it is I'm supposed to be going out to yeah. meet with. And um, I had to check in every like hour or so. Oh wow! And then I was getting like calls from my cousins. I there was a there was a whole elder meeting where they were like, "Listen, we're not going to keep you here. So if you want to leave, just leave." So I'm like, "I'm not leaving. Don't worry." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so you have yeah. to get your shit together first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was not, I was not ready to leave a week early. Of course, of course. Um, so, comes the day of, and I actually, well, it's the day before I my flight because I had to get my shit in order and I couldn't do it while they were all watching me. Yeah. So I spent that first day and, uh, just like, sleep in my car, at a little rest stop, close to the airport, and. Just get my address changed, catch my gym membership, try to get a new phone for out in Massachusetts. Yeah. Which like I didn't realize you had to have a lot of credit for. And <laughs> yes. I didn't have any credit built up because yeah. everything was like yeah. paid for more or less for, by my family. So it was a good it was a good learning experience. And then I got <laughs> on the plane, flew out here with like maybe I think it was two suitcases and garbage bags full of clothes. Wow, and that was what I moved out to Massachusetts, with, and kind of been going uh, with the flow ever since. Yeah. It.
1: <laughs> so why Massachusetts?
3: Uh, so I actually did have a friend that was living out here, and uh,
1: how did you meet them?
3: On uh, World of Warcraft.
1: <laughs> Fantastic.
0: Which actually
3: ended up lending to my life at the very that that last mm-hmm. week I was there because they knew that kind of had an obsession with World of Warcraft. Um, I think it was an unhealthy obsession Um, and like knowing what I know now it was definitely an addiction Um, and but through that whole process I ended up like befriending this this girl and she like as I'm like leading up to leaving I hadn't like decided where I was going yet but I needed to talk to somebody about it because like no one else I could talk to and so she just was like hey like do you mind if I just lay this out on the table for you It was the first time she knew exactly who I was, and it was also, I was like, an eye-opening experience for me, too, because it's like, wait, so you don't know where the Westboro Baptist Church is? Yeah. Kind of just assumed everybody knew who (laughs) who the Westboro Baptist Church was. So I had, like, filler in and all that, and, like, without even, like, batting an eye, she's like, well, I have a room that just opened up because, you know, whoever was there just left, and I charged this amount. And just let you help you get you on your feet. I jumped on it. I jumped on the opportunity. I was like, fuck yeah. Hey, it's as far away from Kansas as I can feasibly manage. Yeah. You know, I didn't really do too much research on like how to of living and all that kind of stuff. It was just mm-hmm. like, all right, <laughs> let's get out of here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that actually ended up being probably one of the better decisions. Yep. Um, you know, aside from the fact that I met my, what I think is my soulmate, yeah. um, <laughs> she's, she's at least my best friend. matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it is. Um, so, uh, aside from that, like, just creating that distance from, like, even just a reminder of where I was, where I grew up, I think that helps a tremendous amount of at least like me al- becoming my own person. Mm-hmm. Um, because you made it harder to go back than to stay away exactly and, and there was never in my mind there was never like okay uh, that is an option I am going to go back it was just like even if I tried to I don't think I could put up the farce yeah after yeah. that um, because when you do try to go back it is a oh man it is I don't know how people endure it you are ostracized even more you are brought in, but put to the side. Wow! You can come to church, but you're supposed to sit in the very back. No one can talk to you, except for like certain elders. And then when the sermon is over, you're expected to just walk right back out the door. Wow! Until you show that you have repented enough to be like, you know, yeah, well, able to receive that. that. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, and and like the whole concept of what they preach, they they have this. It was a Calvinistic Baptist church, and underlying that was this concept called TULIP. It's it's an acronym. It's uh, total depravity, unconditional election, limited atonement, irresistible to grace, and the perseverance of the saints. And that's more or less what they built their faith around. Yeah, were those core concepts. And unconditional election. Part of that is the the unconditional love that comes through that selection process. And <laughs> and if that in but what I learned from that, everything that I experienced, everything I saw, is that it was very conditional love. Yeah. That you received from that. And it is not only like mentally damaging for anyone that is living in there, but anyone that's left, it's even worse because you don't really understand unconditional love. Facts. Like you, you understand the concept of it, but you've never really experienced it. Exactly. So yeah. you don't really know what it feels like. You can't really empathize with people who haven't received that kind of love. Um, and so that's just like one of the issues that, <laughs> that when you were gone from there that you have to deal with Jesus. and that's and like, just from my own right uh, emotional development, I feel like that is probably one of the most important things is establishing that level of like love with somebody yeah or at I mean, least so for yourself if you can unconditionally love yourself you're gonna probably find nothing but happiness in this life
1: that makes so much fucking sense and it is a is great because I don't know you we're, we're talking about Maslow's hierarchy most people you know they're you know, you think to get out of a cult you need to figure out the finances, you need to figure out this you're right, those are the most uh, the immediate concerns, but to really find a new calling is the actual you yeah. know, and you know a love, compassion, you know, a reason to, to do something, you know beyond, you know, what you've grown up your entire life being told
3: yep. Yep. and like and it took me quite a while to be comfortable even like contemplating the fact that it is in fact a cult and that was a lot to do with how much they would brainwash you like, actually though yeah it's
1: it's important to use those yeah. words because like i don't know because it bothers them because that's the exact
3: opposite of you know yeah. how they want you to think about it exactly it's like in and one of the things i like to joke about is is how they perceive people who have left is they deserve the highest form of of eternal damnation. Hmm. Which they would say, like, you leave this church, you're going to find yourself in the hottest spot in hell.
1: I mean, that sounds like most religions. Yeah. Like, you know, it's a... You don't have to believe us, we'll forgive you, but you're still going to spend eternity in hell. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, so uh, this might be a, a sensitive thing, but do you now have any
3: religion? Like, do you, do you still have any faith? Uh, it's, it's taken me quite a while uh, to get to the point where I can kind of Feel comfortable with any level of... Oh yeah, understandable. Religious. That's got to be
1: kind of triggering.
3: Yeah, uh, but I would say it's it's more of like a spirituality at this point. Fair enough. Um, and one of the things that I feel like has probably been the most uh, beneficial thing to to me and my mental development has been uh, psychedelics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and psychedelics has really like opened my eyes to just the reality of things and how like things naturally operate and how there isn't this underlying like like more or less an ego involved with everything yeah um so i think that has helped me more than any therapy i could have received and at this point it's kind of like a, a moot point to try to seek ther- therapy and tell to
1: be honest you mentioned psychedelics and my response was oh there it goes i was because like you're really fucking well adjusted given how you grew up yeah yeah and uh I don't know. You don't speak like you've done a fuck ton of therapy. Like, there's usually a different... Like, you haven't been sitting in DBT therapy for three years. Yeah. I can tell that much. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And never mind. The psychedelics make sense. Yeah. They can... They let you take a step back and actually deconstruct and look at it. And you can look at things from the perspective, you know, you want to now rather than where
3: you were. Yeah. And it's... It's the boundary opening aspect of it, it is probably one of the most beneficial aspects of it. Like within religion so constricting that it's like there's such set boundaries and with, whether it's the dogma aspect of it or not like you can't really stray outside of that belief system mm-hmm. um, so the whole spiritually, spirituality aspect there's a lot more like openness to it um, so I've definitely embraced that more it's more of there is something here not yeah. there is uh, this specific thing that we talk about exactly and like I'm perfectly fine not knowing what that is exactly just knowing that like if I put the effort in to be good to others my assumption is that good will come back to me Uh, whatever degree it is as long as I look at it from that perspective most interactions are gonna go well I'm not gonna be negative about it I'm gonna you know be able to walk away and like at least learn something from it Mm. the minimum because I'm not weighed down by you know misconceptions yeah,
1: um. but but that's also you're looking at every situation as if there's something for everyone to gain, even if that thing is only knowledge. Yeah, that's exactly. fantastic. Yeah, that it's works. Bad. No, that's big. So um, you mentioned that you, so, so I I think you probably have a really uh, not j- uh, intimate perspective of the Westboro Baptist Church because you saw people at their last moments. Yep. Did you have any interesting conversations, like on the bus ride away? Oh um like there must have been things that you were told not to think about but you know people must have spoken their mind as like a final attempt to bring someone with them or something
3: honestly the it was such they had so much control over everybody that you knew what to expect Mm. you knew what the reaction was going to be from everyone like and i knew going into it if i'm helping them bring their stuff in to their new home i know two things it's gonna be the last time i might see them and i better not talk about anything other than where does this go where do you want to put this because outside of that like anybody that's there there with me helping they're watching mm. and even if i want to be like hey man like i really hope you can find some a job so that you can get going get yourself you know a new place to live so you're not living with uh, your father that you literally it's the first time you've seen him in five or six years Mm. like I hope it goes well (laughs) yeah because that literally is like what it is it's like you're just cutting that person off the second you drop off their last thing and and because I knew how to drive a truck and I could lift things (laughs) I was more or less like just just assumed that I would be that dude that would be taking people's stuff into their new abode yeah and so the conversations are very like Straight faced, like, like there was no deviation. Wow. Um, wow. But that being said, one of the most profound experiences that I had regarding that kind of like situation was the night before my cousin Hezekiah left. Uh, well, the night of, I'm assuming, because probably left like in the middle of the night, because they woke up to his room being completely empty. And him nowhere to be seen. Wow. Uh, Good for him. Yeah, I agree. Because uh, at that point, like, I. So, sorry. The night before, I literally was having that conversation with my friend in Northbridge about, like, this is where I am. I need to get out of here. And I need to do it as soon as I possibly can. Very next morning, he's gone. And we get a call, and we're expected as a family and as a church to go over there and comfort them, give them some, like, level of like like comfort that can make up for somebody that was in their life for their eighteen years, suddenly gone. And i'm I'm sitting there and I'm like watching his siblings just like just break down, sobbing, and just like because it's their brother and it's someone that they've lived in the house with at least for eighteen years. Mm-hmm. whether it was a friend or not, I, I can't say, but they all experienced the same trauma more or less. So there's that intimate kind of, like, relationship that you have with somebody. And the church uses that to grow it. Oh, yeah. Um, But uh, sitting there watching them all go through that, and I just, I have this, like, point of realization that, like, my family is not going to react the same way. They're either going to hide their emotions, or they're just going to act like, yep, just get right back into the stride of things, and, like, who's Joshua? Let's take his pictures off the wall to so make sure that, like, whatever memory we have of them is just that, a memory. Like, we don't have to have any other involvement with him beyond this point. And they're not going to mourn me. So all this is going through my head is I'm seeing these children yeah. mourn their brother. And, yeah. I, like, I just break down. I'm just, like, hard sobbing I have to leave. <laughs> and I'm, like, and, I, and it took me a while to recover from that. And it's just, like, I think that one, like, experience probably got me, like, Actually, like, ready to leave. I mean,
1: it's serious. So, uh, what I was contemplating—it wasn't difficult in retrospect. But I was contemplating a breakup, and my best friend gave me the advice: flip a coin, and if you don't like it, call it. And if you don't, if you don't like the result, do the other one. In other words, you know, you, you, you future cast it. You, you thought about here's how would this feel? What if I was in this situation? Yeah. And then you essentially put yourself in that situation. And this is something. This is something. A hip concept that we talk about in hypnosis. It's you. It's you. Literally, put yourself there. Put yourself through the motions, and you can prepare yourself for anything from public speaking to you know throwing a sports ball. Yeah. Uh, it, it's that's what you did. You you experimented with it with your head. You saw how it was going to play out, and you realized what you needed to do. Yeah,
3: yeah. and how like <laughs> starkly different it would be. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty eye-opening, but um, I, I think, I, think that was, I ended up leaving, like, three months after that. But, like, I knew that I wasn't going to have that same level of, like, emotional reaction from maybe anybody in my close family. Yeah. Might, might have had some, like, cousins or aunts and uncles that might have been upset about it, but, like, the people who it should have mattered most to... Mm-hmm. cared more about the church. Yeah. And it was a little, like, like my relationships with my... Parents were kind of like breaking down at that point anyway it was two years prior to that I had tried to leave like I had mentioned yeah and that was a weird that was weird yeah, was yeah, yeah. weird interaction with my parents the way where like I think like it was a few days after I, I made the attempt to leave oh no no sorry got mixed up it was a couple months down the road uh I was venting to one of my Uh, one of the elders about how the interaction I have with my father is very much a he only cares about how I'm doing in school and not necessarily about how I'm actually doing Mm. and like there wasn't an actual like relationship with it within that kind of house that I felt like was a father-son relationship and it was it was Affected me in a very negative way. You guys were connected, but through the church, not through family. Exactly, because it was all these expectations on him to make sure that his children were doing what they were supposed to be doing. And if I wasn't doing well in school, the whole church knew about it. Then that meant he was getting all this negative attention from the church, and and I'm sure like his reaction was solely like out of just preservation more than anything. Yeah. And just like constant, constantly putting in like high stress situations. Has a PTSD effect on somebody. Your reaction is going to be to avoid those interactions as much as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. But when that's the only interaction you have with your dad, it's kind of sucky. So I'm venting about this, and it, I was just venting. because like needed something yeah. and ends up turning into this whole church issue. Oh my god! A, a meeting in the church itself with the pastor and the old body, and they're all basically coming down on my parents about how like. You need to be having a better relationship with your children.
1: You are not parenting.
3: Yeah, it's literally. <laughs> wow. And what is my dad's reaction? Basically, the, that, the following morning after that whole thing went down, he's, he, he is just angry. And he says something that you can't really take back, which was like, I wish you had left that day. Oh, and wow. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, bro, I literally just am like, we just left something where I am lacking an emotional connection with you, and you yeah. say something that is cut that completely off. Yeah, and I was ready to fight that dude. I yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the sister like walked me out the back door, and yeah, but
0: that's intense. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. And in growing up in that environment too, like where like emotional abuse is is very very strong. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's it's the just norm
1: and it's consistent.
3: Yeah, it, literally, and you expect it. It's yeah. to a point where it's like, okay, well. Any action you take, you just assume that it's going to be, like, scrutinized. Mm-hmm. And in a very dogmatic way, but also a very personal and most of the time common way. Yeah. Yeah, and, and not just from the elders, but from your peers, too. Um, so you have that, but it's it, they were so strict to the, the teachings of the Bible that they took that whole, you know... Corrective behavior for children to the literal translation of that, which is, do not spare the rod. So you were constantly any most uh, most discipline was physical discipline, and you would get the, the the verbal discipline as well. But it was at the same time, so it was like double reinforcement and like knowing what we know now about the effect that it has on children. Like we know it's extremely damaging. So you are raising children in that environment and like. I actually just was out in Kansas, and I was talking to one of my cousins, and we were kind of just equally about what it was like growing up there. And she started telling us about how one night, I can't remember exactly what set her dad off, something she said or did, but he was a a security officer at the jail. He took his nightstick out, and was just, he beat her for that entire night, Into the next day, and then she couldn't go to school for two weeks after that because of how bad the bruising was, and no one can interfere. Right. No one in that house can interfere. No one and anybody that is an elder, because it's like, okay, well, you're doing your duty as a father.
2: And she had a lot of siblings too, so they all had to watch. Yeah. And just be like, okay, we're not gonna get involved because we'll get it too. Yeah.
3: And it's like she's just one example of one of the siblings who was receiving that abuse. Yeah. And so like I'm I'm not necessarily like fortunate that I didn't receive that abuse. It's just like it didn't matter which household it was like in a different type of abuse yeah. going yeah. on. And if that's what you're conditioned from a very young age to expect, like I would say they were probably they would probably start spanking children as young as like 1, 2 years old. Mhm. And it's not like they're beating them but if if the child is acting up, you're gonna swat them, mm-hmm. and that's just expected.
1: So, did your parents grow up within the church as well?
3: Yeah. So my my father is the is the child of uh, Fred Phelps, and he oh. had thirteen children, and so all all of all but three of those children ended up staying in the church and building families within that church. And so my mom is an OCR. she not She had nothing to do with it. But as soon as she started dating my dad, she was more or less cut off by her own family. And But it was almost as if it was like an equal. It was like, well, we don't want you spending time with them because they're a bad influence. And at that point, we weren't even protesting. We just had these, like, extreme, you know, belief systems that most churches didn't have. Yeah. And so it, like, almost automatically ostracized them because of it on a public platform. And... Like, my grandfather ran as a as a governor of the state on that platform, too. So, it's like... Wow. He, and he was a civil rights lawyer. So, he was a very well-known name. And then he's raising all his children to believe all this. And then he's watching, from his perspective, a country basically fall by the wayside in terms of moral and religious practices to the point where it's, you know, becoming like Sam Gamora, mm-hmm. which is... For those who don't know it was two cities among five that were turned into fire and brimstone because of their you know extreme social practices mm-hmm. which involved involve sodomy and whatnot but they were just metaphors yeah but they translated that literally and saw America turning into song Gamora. Mm. so they thought saw it as an immediate threat to the to the life of a country and thought that they needed to act as soon as possible, and they did. I, guess, I think, This is
1: their calling and purpose. Literally, this is what they're going to do. Literally.
3: <laughs> and every time we go out to Topeka, we'll end up going by, or going to this park called Gage Park, and that's where it literally all started. My grandfather was walking through it with one of the grandchildren, and this is his story. <laughs> Some dude came out of the woods... And tried to bring my cousin into the woods, so his his first initial reaction is it's a gay man trying to lure ch- children into the woods to rape them, and then he so like the very next day he William shows up, it. he shows up with picket signs, drawn with marker, saying basically Bible verses about uh, homosexuality. He was just quoting Bible verses. Yeah, that was it, and the reaction from the people living in that that city was very much a, a counter-protesting perspective. Mm. Like, hey, like, we don't believe what this person's believing. Like, don't listen to him. Like, and this, where this park is, is like right when you come into this, to the, to the city. Mm. So like anybody that's visiting, you're gonna pretty much drive by him if you're coming so by the day. this is the place just to put out the voice of this city. Exactly. And so he sees this entire city more or less standing up against what he's saying, and there's so many instances in the Bible about prophets being shot down because of the message they're saying. So there's some power down. Exactly. It ended up becoming this self-fulfilling prophecy because of the, mm. the prophecy I mean, most itself. I
1: the, the most of the fun ones are. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
3: like, it, it ended up turning into, the, like, the very first, like, five years of, of them protesting some of the most wild shit. Yeah. Like... There's this uh, bar called The Vintage, and it was owned by uh, a lawyer in town that did not like my grandfather. Yeah. And uh, one time he hires... A, for some reason, we were protesting out of it That, I don't know right off the top of my head why we were protesting up to that point. I think it was just because of the location itself. It was just a high-traffic location. Yeah. And anybody that knows about guerrilla marketing, make sure you get in the most visible place if you're just going to suddenly... Get your message out there. Yep. And he was a professional at that. Um, so they are protesting, this this lawyer went and hired some ex-cons to show up, big dudes, and just start beating the shit out of my family members. Wow. <laughs> Throwing them into the street, stomping on, on them on the ground. Yeah. Like, trying to throw them into traffic. Oh, dude. And wow. so they ended up being called the the, the finish Massacre. And we had a special anniversary protest every year, on the day of that of that massacre, <laughs> and it would literally be everybody in the church showing up, all like seventy members, just lining the entire front of that of that as sidewalk, with all these various signs. And at that point, our signs were way more colorful, both yeah. literally and, like, message-wise. Like at that point, we we just shortened to instead of like homosexuality is a sin or whatever it was. God Hates Fags. Yeah. And in all neon. So when I to like, this, this day, Baptist yeah. Church earlier today, that link was the first one. Yeah, that that that's up. their that's church's them. website where they yeah. try to get all their messages Domain down. name. The, the literally wow. domain name is God Hates Fags. Jesus Christ. Yeah, dude. Wow. And I guess not actually. Yeah. That's nuts. Dude. So from, and, and they also somehow were able to talk to the cops because we were experiencing a violence on a level where we were like, Notifying the cops every time we're gonna show up at at, well, at, at protests.
1: Were there any non-white
3: members? No. no. Well, that's why they got along so well with the cops. Oh, you mean the church got along with the cops? Yeah. Oh well, so that's what I'm leading up to is the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So this lawyer somehow might have, must have convinced the police that we're supposed to be posted up to just leave at a set time, because. Right before those guys came out and started beating the shit out of everybody, the police just drove off. And so they're literally free reign just like, just destroying everybody. And uh, there was even like a letter that one of the pastors at a local church ended up sending to the editor, which detailed what he saw. He used such beautiful poetic language. He was like, I saw signs flying up in the air as these people, as these dudes were going through the protests. Like a, like a farmer uh, <laughs> scything grain or something like that. And like the grain's flying up and that's the signs. And she's like a block away watching this all go down. Wow. Yeah. And, and, like, and the, nobody did anything about it. Yeah. Like the, those guys weren't arrested. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the lawyer had better friends than your grandfather. Pretty much, yeah. Wow. And, and that was just one example. Like some of the shit that I saw like up to that point, like we started protesting when I was five. And I have a very vivid memory of showing up for that first protest at Gage Park, excited, pumped, told to yeah. my first picket sign. Yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> and like, oh, I even like was like, all right, this is the one I'm gonna grab. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. one was Do you remember? No, that one I don't remember. <laughs> unfortunately, I had a few favorites, but that was I can't remember that far back. And that's another thing about having grown up in something that was just like yeah, they make that constant fun, stress. And- Every single day, to the point where it's like, literally, trim, like PTSD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't remember most of my childhood.
1: I mean, it's also like the amount of it that was going to be the exact same thing, but slightly
3: different. Like you're not
1: supposed to remember the difference. It's
3: supposed yeah. to all run together. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Like, you have one stressful thing in the day. That is what rules your day. But when you have it,
4: one Everything stressful else thing after identical. another after um, another, yeah.
3: and you want to escape at school. You're getting bullied because huh. of what you believe. Yeah. Or like <laughs> even in sports. I thought I could get away with it in sports. But you're getting trash talked by your by your teammates about your beliefs. Nothing else. Like they're not saying like, oh like, fucking suck at playing football, like, like where'd you learn how to dribble? No, it's like they're literally calling you a fag. They're 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 making insinuations about like, oh like, were you looking at my dick? Shit like that to the yeah. point where it's like, bro, like Calm down! I'm just trying to have fun. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And early on, like, like I knew I had to like set some boundaries, but also do set those boundaries within the name of the law, so to speak. Something where I wouldn't get in trouble because if I got in trouble, wouldn't just end at school. I'd get in trouble at home. Yeah. And so I was, I started being real careful about that. I knew where how far I could take certain things. I knew how I learned how to say the most poignant responses to people yeah just like just shutting them down right away without being like ad hominem or anything like that and i also learned how to be physically like set physical boundaries because in in gym like you're supposed to be playing sports Mm -hmm. and a lot of times that can be physical those kids would literally take advantage of that Mm -hmm. and deliberately go out of their way to try to do more physical harm to me yeah so i don't learn how to like really look out for that kind of thing and how to avoid it and just like or just set my ground my and gra- that was supposed to be during your fun times exactly so you're, 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 and, you know, and I was I love sports it. I was yeah. good at I'm, I'm naturally athletic so it's like I would I turn that around on those kids and all of a sudden I'm just schooling them yeah. and embarrassing them shoving them up against the lock uh, up against the bleachers because like okay they just got the ball so there's free reign to like make contact with this dude yeah. so I'm gonna make it enough where they you're not falling over, yeah. But they yeah. might drop the ball or they're <laughs> like, "Okay, I've tagged them, so they're they're out for <laughs> that point." So I had to learn the very fine line of where I could think they take things, and oh man, makes people so angry. Yeah.
1: Yeah, people, uh, you know, it, it's all about power, and yeah. you know, you hold it so long as you're not, I don't know, so long as you're the one being more antagonistic, but also in control. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Very much so. <clears throat> So that one of my questions was going to be: So, did you think you learned anything good? But that, like, did you know? Did you take anything good from this experience? And um, sounds like you know, intense self-discipline is absolutely on the list. Yeah,
3: agreed. And one of the things that I learned very early on is how to deal with high stretch situations too. Yeah. And to the point where it's like, all right, how can I de-escalate someone jumping out of the car with a bat? ready to just like start wailing on people. And like you learn real quick, like, don't interfere with that, create distance, like reduce like people's nerves as much as possible. And if you can do both of those, you can get out of most of those situations. I only got the shit kicked out of me one time in my tenure. And that was 23 years of protest, well, technically 18 years of protesting. Yeah. Uh, where I was out on the front lines and I saw some shit. I saw my my aunts and uncles, my cousins getting the shit kicked out of them. Like, one of my aunts lost a child because somebody was so angry at the message. He came out and kicked her in the belly. And Jesus she Christ. lost the baby right there. And I was standing right there as it's happening. And that was just one example of all the wild shit that I, I would... And the one time I got the shit kicked out of me, I employed the one method that i feel like most people need to learn they're getting the shit kicked out of them, is uh go into a ball and defend your vitals because yeah. you're gonna reduce any serious damage walked away with like a, a scratch on the bridge of my nose and that was it yeah wow. yeah and my <laughs> my mom was in such a stairs because she's watching her son from all from her perspective getting kicked getting punched as i'm laying on the ground like you know in a defensive position and she pisses herself. She tells the 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 police the wrong direction they left Oh no. So it's like even if they wanted to go catch this dude that just beat the shit out of me they don't know where he went. Yeah. Or they go in the wrong direction. And dude and so I get up and they're gone. Five police cars show up. Four fire trucks show up, an ambulance, all because of the phone call my mom had in the stairs <laughs> with 911. <9-1-1. laughs> they said all of that. For you. Yeah, just for me. Oh, dude. Dude. And, the, and what I literally kept saying to this dude as I'm getting up, I, he attacked me twice. First time after I get up, I'm like, I'm fine. I'm like, hey, unless you want to be arrested, you need to leave. Okay. Yeah. Because we've called the police, they're on their way, and I guess like he realized, oh, my buddy's not quite back yet to pick me up. I have a little bit more time. Comes at me again. So I'm just like, okay, and I just go right back into the defensive <laughs> position and get walloped on again. And again, I get up and I'm like, yeah, I your think, limits like, will be the, fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right, maybe this will happen a third time, so I'm going to try the, the same like policy. <laughs> you need to leave unless you want to be arrested. Because if I. I'm pushing him. I'm antagonizing him. It's just gonna make it worse. And yeah. I saw that first day. i like, yeah. saw my aunt get the shit kicked out of her because she this dude, big dude in high school, was just pissed off. Yeah. Comes out of class, protesting in front of this high school. He's riding around us with his bicycle, cutting in between us, acting like he's gonna hit us, and then veering off the last second. Like, we would take flags with flagpoles, and it would be like the city flag. Uh, the P flag, the Ameri- the American flag, all of those would be upside down mm. because it's a sign of distress, this country's in distress, blah, blah, blah. She took that flag and stuck it right into his stokes mm. on oh, the no. bike. And so this kid gets off and just starts beating the shit out of her. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, if you hadn't done that, maybe you wouldn't get it, be getting the shit kicked out of you. But yeah. So I learned a lot from just like watching other people go through shit. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because I shouldn't have had to learn. Shouldn't that. have had to. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's yeah. But, I mean, that's the thing—you can learn a lot by watching everyone around you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So,
0: a uh, question that I wanted to ask sure. was: um, Well, first, um, have you been in contact with anybody else who's left the church?
3: Yes. Um okay. So, it took me a while to like feel comfortable because when I first moved out here, I was like, I'm gonna get on my own, gets get so that like I don't have to rely on anybody that's still in Kansas Yeah. I want nothing to do with Kansas. Yeah. Um, so it took me a while to get in contact with people but it was one of my cousins who was my same age, just classes with her all through like high school and, and college. So like that friendship aspect too goes into it. Yeah. They sh- like the day or, or the day after she leaves, she ends up reaching out to me. And we caught up and I find out like basically I'm getting updates from her about everyone else who is left. I had no idea so like I'm finding out like you know it's actually probably in my best interest to reach out to them so at that point I did and then like a couple months later we're driving nonstop from Massachusetts to Kansas to visit everybody. Oh wow. Yeah and that was really cool. You mean to visit everybody you mean? Uh, everybody. Anybody that's left. Cool. Yeah and so most of them have stayed localized to Topeka. Yeah I don't know
2: how they do that. They're like down the street
3: holy shit yeah Yeah. and because they protest daily in topeka the chance of you seeing them pretty heightened to that extent extent too yeah um so uh most of them are centralized there so when we went back one of the first things we did was go to the, the compound yeah and it is a legit like compound it's one square block that's almost completely fenced in only two of the houses isn't owned by church members And at this point, I'm sure they are now. Yeah. Because those people moved away or are no longer with us. Yeah. Um, But then they started buying houses neighboring them, too. And they almost have, like, this huge square footage just them. Yeah. And the only way they display their messages at the actual church, which is at one of the corners of the square. And um, they have multiple flags flying upside down. Then they have a banner that says God dot com, which is another one of their domains. Wow. Across the top of the church, like the peak of the church, they have that, and then the actual like uh, marquee of the church. They'll change that constantly with different messages that are just prudent to the to what they call the zeitgeist. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess it is zeitgeist, but yeah. from their perspective. Yeah. Um, There's zeitgeist. Yeah. 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 There's zeitgeist. Uh, <laughs> So, you know where, like what it is right away. And it's actually like, I would assume most people probably make a, a, a stop by there when they, if they are traveling through Kansas. Yeah. If they know anything about it, because it is such a sight. Yes. So, show up to that. And at that point, there's somebody had bought the house across from it, turned it into, they painted it rainbows oh, and called good. the quality house. And then they bought the house next to that and painted it the trans flag colors. So that is also a stop for people now. Good. Yeah, wow. it is really cool because it's like, like it's the each like piece of siding is a different color, so it oh, ends fantastic. up making the flag, yeah. and it's actually really beautiful. And then, uh, <laughs> dude, dude, that body is this really cool dude. Um,
2: he lets gay people get married on that lawn. Yeah, I love it.
3: Wow. That is great. They must and love it, over it across
2: the awesome. street.
3: Yeah. Well, that is the other weird part. So, the story that I've heard is the re when my grandfather was like really like starting to like be less coherent the dementia started sitting in. Hard uh at one point he just kind of like ventured out to the front yard and was yelling over to those people that they're good people and i guess that's all it took and then all of a sudden he's putting hospice and cut off from the family like only certain members could go see them wow yeah and uh then when they found out that some of the people who have already left the church went and saw him, they cut they cut off contacts and Libby's were like, don't no, let anybody else see him. And then, they just, carte bonk, stopped seeing him. And he ended up, as far as I understand, like, succumbing to loneliness. Wow. Yeah, because like, you need that human interaction if you're yeah. going to like, do any level of like rehabilitation to your mind, yeah. And they, no one was giving that to them except for the nurses and the doctors. Wow, and you need that like attachment to familiarity, too. And when you have depriving, that, taken
1: depriving through. that is like what cults do,
3: yeah, yeah. So, so it's like when I found out, I was pretty fucking mad, but yeah. nothing I could do about it, yeah. It just shows the extent that they'll go to. Right,
1: yes. right. Like this is, you know, it, it's kind of uh, uh, I don't know, cyc- cyclical. Like, you know, sneaking in its own tail at yeah. the end, kind of thing. Yeah. Like, it's kind of I don't know, yeah. Orbit, but <laughs> it is morbid
3: <laughs> But like, that. a lot of a lot of my cousins are doing well. Um, but one of the one of the takeaways that I had from this last visit, we went to one of my cousin's weddings. And, uh, like, her, her parents, most of her family, except for, like, one of her siblings, she has a big family, it's like eight of them, they're still in the church. So it's just her and her sister, you know, celebrating this most momentous day in her life, and it was just, it was beautiful, but so like, full of despair at the same time. This yeah. person's life is over, but yeah. good
1: for them, happy for them. Yeah, this yeah. is a beautiful moment. Yeah, there. and,
3: and, and it, at the same time, like, that their life is, like, just getting started, and, like, they're creating something beautiful without their family. Mm. But at the same time, it's like, shouldn't they shouldn't have to. And yeah. it's pretty fucking deplorable that they're put in those situations, and we're put in those situations, and the effect it has on your mental health, and physical health is pretty pretty despairing too to the point where it's like you know you almost need a specialist and there's yeah. probably not too many specialists out there for this particular type of thing I, I mean you're
1: not exactly going to go in better health and find someone who's qualified to handle the shit you've been through <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly and uh,
3: and then another takeaway from that is like it might be a very unique situation but it's not a special situation mm. it's it it Stuff like this where children are raised in extreme environments is not unique. Yeah. And even to this day, like, kids are brought up in, whether it's political beliefs or religious beliefs, they are brought up expecting a different way of living, which isn't, which is contrary to how culture is. is So I think
1: what you went through was in a, a very much an extreme of what so many other people and so, like, like, the Westboro Baptist Church is just more than most other churches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not, like, 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 you know, most, many don't have the same kind of cult elements, but the fact of the matter is, most, you know, all, okay, let me take it back a few steps. If you look at, you know, some aspects of churches, like, they all have hypnotic environments by design. You know, it's not just the dim lighting, it, but but like you know, they'll pass around the, the the thing for money when you're chanting and when everyone's in a good mood and like it's 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 all it's all systematic, and it's all patriarchal. Like like that's the other aspect of this is it's all about control and power and the our message is the right message and you know obviously yours is a lot more in a lot of ways. You know, a lot of churches are not you know they're they're still trying to get everyone there and they still try to you know get people not to leave but it's not the same as the yeah. cult but 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 it's you got to experience like I don't know it it's the the way you've got it was the unfiltered uh if, what if we do it the most yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but but like everyone else not everyone else sorry but but many others are dealing with significantly lower amounts of the same le- same kinds of things yeah. yeah you just got you know a, a uh, a, a pure dose of it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. You got concentrated religion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah, and um, like, unfortunately, what comes from that is like just the fact that I have this heightened level of naivete. I have this heightened level of self righteousness. Like my mm. my morality is probably on a level that's not not necessarily contrary to how society operates, but at least just very much. On a different level, Um, but all of those going into like all of a sudden you're just like plopped out there without really any guidance, and like you're just like trying to swim to the surface with maybe like a day's worth of swimming lessons.
2: You were a baby turtle.
3: I was a baby turtle. turtle. (laughs) (laughs) So it it it's it's just it's rough, and the fact that you don't also have Family there to support you either. You're gonna have to build your own family. Yeah. And like, it's, it's your life is a weirdly
1: fantastic encapsulation of so many other people's struggles. Because you know, like a lot of people have to you know figure out their life without their family. Yeah. But it's not as extreme of a cut yeah. as you had to. Yeah. It's. But but it's the. Yeah, I get it. That's. Yeah, you rebuilt everything. Yeah. And you had to. Hey, man,
0: kudos to you, man, because I know that shit couldn't have been easy. Yeah. And the emotional toll, yeah. um, the spiritual toll, like, all that, too. I,
1: I'm glad you've been able to find something afterwards. I, yeah. I would be, I don't know, like, you know, whether I don't, I'm, I'm atheist myself or maybe agnostic. I don't freaking know. But but, but it, it's, there's, it's great that you were able to rejoin any form of spirituality. Yeah. Uh, is it the, you know, they didn't take that from you. Because yeah. for a lot of people, spirituality seems to be hope, which is you know, part of the problem with these cultures around religion,
4: yeah.
1: Because that's what they're selling, hope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Crazy, dude. Well, one moral of the story is people should do more shrooms. Yep. <laughs> yeah, uh, no. it's uh, for damn sure.
0: No, that's a fact, man. That is, you will learn a lot about yourself. You'll heal probably a lot. You'll ask yourself a lot of questions. I mean, I know. I know the first time I really, really tripped, like, I tripped recently actually, like a few months ago, and um, I was just able to empathize or sympathize for my brother who has severe mental health issues, Um, and I went on a trip, and like, something in my mind clicked that was just able to let me say, like, I know what the fuck he's going through, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, like, I... I saw that point on the graph that was like, this is where he is. And like, I could easily get there. You could, anybody could get to where he is and I understood it and it just made me feel compassion for him instead of like resentment or get your shit together, bro. Like it was more like, I'm sorry that you're going through this. I wish I could be more help and like, you know, and I credit that to shrooms like shrooms they are a life changer definitely brain power like it just it does something to your brain that not a lot of substances can or will do
2: yeah a lot of people are scared of shrooms in psychedelics in general but if they know their dose and they create a good setting and they yes. like a lot of people treat it literally like a drug but if you treat it like an like a religious experience yeah. like you're gonna have a great outcome like yeah. people only have bad trips when they go into it with like things in the back of their head saying like oh I maybe shouldn't be doing this you put yeah. yourself into a bad mental space but yep. like you yeah. can really just like you set, set, set your intentions yeah and like have a great time
1: facts yeah setting the environment goes a long long way
2: yeah, like, even just tidying up the house before you do it will like literally does wonders for me. But yeah, it's like that's
1: both creating the environment I'll just, like, and setting
2: intentions. Speed cleaning you know. during a trip, like I can't, this is horrible. I'm, like scrubbing <laughs> shit down.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, oh. It, it helps you deconstruct. Yeah, you, you know, it, it's like a it, when Iron Man's building something and you know he's three D visualizing it. It's like that, but yes. except for social problems and you know emotional shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Straight up. So, um, we've been going on for a while. If you guys have anything else you want to talk about while we're on air? Any shout-outs? Any specific? Go ahead. Oh.
2: Shout-out all my escapees. I love y'all.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, shout-out to you guys. That shit cannot be easy.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It cannot be easy. Um, one thing I, w- I I didn't really intend to spend too much time talking about, like, my past and at the cold and stuff, but, like, kind of just goes, takes a while. There's yeah a lot that goes into it but um, one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about uh, just in terms of how is like a a nation as a as like a culture we can kind of get to the point where we're still having debates about you know the rights that females have to the body just in, just just as that as one example kind of is kind of open my eyes to going back to my past which was a very violent past is if what the underlying issue is religion and like I agree there should be a separation between church and state yeah church and state but underlying all that is the violence that comes with Mm. those religious we we need to
1: take it a step further it's about the control
3: yeah Mm -hmm. And, and the violence involved in that control because once you start restricting other people from you know living their own lives there's a violence involved in that and you know unfortunately that gets to the point where you have the Supreme Court of the United States deciding that and it shouldn't be up to those members of of just a judicial body and for them to also make the most like violent decision possible even though it was the majority of them that had that violent in intention. Imposing the wishes of a few over the
1: rights of many.
3: Exactly. It's just it, it it's kind of like almost like a flashback kind of point where, you know, you think that you've gotten away from those extreme views and perspectives and all of a sudden it's just like, oh no, they're they're pretty deep seated and rampant still. Yeah. It's just where it is. How it functions, yeah,
1: and like that's that's what's you know the one good thing about the Westboro Baptist Church—they're right in front of you. They're yeah. they're not trying exactly. to do this behind everyone's back.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's only it, you, what you just said reminded me too. It's like it reminds me of a, of like a horror film when it's like. The woman finally escapes the murder, the situation, and then right before the movie ends, she closes the, the fucking medicine cabinet, and boom, the murderer's right behind her. Yeah,
3: the, in, the, in the reflection. Yeah,
0: you know what I mean? That's <laughs> that's exactly what you just yeah. brought to my mind. It's yeah. like, that's kind of how it is. Yeah.
3: And I thought we road over that hill.
1: Right. I mean, this has been established for 50 years. Yeah. But, you know, now you try to discuss it and everyone's saying, you guys didn't lose any rights. And I'm like, here's a fucking link. Here's yeah. explaining reproductive <laughs> yeah. rights. Yeah. So what? <laughs> yeah,
3: and just the, like, the precedent that's set by that decision yes. alone. The ramifications, we don't know what's going to come from that. It's yeah. terrible. All, all I can assume is more violence. Yes. And if that is what... So you're forcing people to raise children in a viol- a violent society, just naturally violent, Whether it's through culture, art, or political decisions, Mm -hmm. that's going to have a profound impact on the mental health of those that are raised in that environment. And I tell you, it's not a good thing. And if that's just like what you're expected to believe, it's like, okay, well, just violence is part of nature.
1: Right, that's why so many people are okay with this. Yeah. Like they're like, There's "Yeah, absurd. this is normal. This yeah. makes sense because to them,
3: I don't know. To them, it does, I guess." Yeah, you shouldn't have had that 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 child. You should have known better. You should have. They always matter. have a deflection. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Such an ass backwards way yeah. of thinking.
3: Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to correct that that line of logic and and what comes from that. But like, man, like we to stop thinking so violently. I think. Yeah. Ultimately.
0: Yeah. So yeah. I think you're right on. The, you're right on the money with that. Yeah.
1: I know it is, right? Yeah. Oh. Shit. There's to end on. We need to stop it. thinking so violently.
0: Yeah. That was very nice. Very nice. Before we go.
1: Yeah.
2: Follow us. Yes. At Life is better with smoke on Instagram and let us feed you some time. Yes.
0: Yes. I was actually looking for you guys cuz I was trying to tag you on um on something and I didn't know what the fuck I kept like putting in smoke first and Aww. shit and I was like can't fucking find you guys cuz of course there's a million and a hundred fucking profiles with smoke yep. you know what I mean so life with what do you say life Li- is better with smoke Life is better with which smoke
2: which is like our slogan yeah.
0: No that's fire. That's amazing. It is. It's beautiful. Life I love it, with that smoke. works Hell yeah I love the double entendre. Hell yeah Yeah, yeah um, So yeah, any last minute shout outs Anything you want to say Any love you want to give the pooches um, <laughs>
2: Thor, Dolly, Brody We're coming home to give you snuggles you did so good at training today <laughs> Right, <laughs> right. <It's> perfect
3: <laughs> I hope everyone gets to try our brisket sometime Yeah, yeah. Yes, really. yes. like, That is my pride and joy The brisket
0: Yeah Dope, man
1: I will make a point too. I fucking love Risco. Yes. Yeah,
0: no. They do a really good job. Well, thanks for coming in today guys. Thanks for um, having us. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Very amazing episode. And um we'll catch you guys next time.
4: Woo. Thank you.